seat. Turning out of that black hole. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, once again another episode of Bipolar Teddy Bear. I'm the man they call Reed. Over here is the luscious man they call Cecil. Joining us from up in the northern reaches of Kentucky, we have Tully and Mr. Foreman. Mr. Foreman's. But thank you for tuning back in this week. We are coming back to you strong. And this one's going to be a little bit more of the crazy. We're going to go into our ideals about things and some things that actually happened at the big place known as Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, so, go ahead and recap. Recap. Yeah. So, where we were at on last episode was 1994. Skinwalker Ranch purchased by Terry and Gwen Sherman. Day one, move-in day. We meet the dire wolf. That's what I like to refer to it as. This was a big old wolf that apparently uh, sauntered up on them. I wanted to use that word saunter. 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 And almost killed a calf. Almost. And they shot it six times. Six. And it just moseyed away and disappeared like a vapor. This was the 50 cent werewolves. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was like a short synopsis of what happened. In your all's research, did you did you notice that the Shermans really didn't come clean until like the very end? They sort of bottled it all up and then just let it all out? That's the reason I feel like it's probably true. I think they were scared that people would think they were crazy. Yeah. And what makes it even more realistic, we'll go over later. Um, well, because that was right in the middle of the satanic panic, too. Yeah. yeah. Because they did 512 acres. I'll go ahead and say it before we even go into what all they seen. What makes what we're getting ready to cover about the Shermans so realistic is they own this huge 512-acre farm, the Sherman Ranch. They didn't say anything until they were getting ready to move out and they sold a 512 acre plot of land for $200,000. Oh yeah. They lost money big time. Oh yeah. Yeah. They was just like, give us whatever you got. We're out. What was the most recent sale price on that? 4.5 million. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So that's the reason now I think that everything they experienced, they truly believed they were experiencing it. They were ready to roll. Get the heck out of Dodge. So, what kind of things did they experience? Like Reed said, the first day, mm-hmm. they had the 50 cent of wolves just disappear. Took eight shots, nowhere to be found. The only difference is it didn't end up in the hospital. It just disappeared. So, one I mean, of the interesting things that I found about it is when they moved in, there were like really heavy deadbolts and stuff on every door, every window. And the big there were, with the chains. There were chains on the front door and back door where it looked like maybe they, the previous owners had tied up guard dogs. So there was definitely a feeling that they didn't want something getting in. 
ain't that strange too like all this stuff was already there already set up like they were keeping something out but the previous owners you can't hardly find anything about them really talking about anything except for later interviews that their son did or something it wasn't there something about like some of the dead bolts looked like they were locked from the inside no they had dead bolts on the outside and the inside okay much like this house on this door behind me the lock is on the inside. Yeah, and all this all this was prior to the Shermans moving in. So this was during the, the Meyer era, which ranged from 1934-ish to 1994. And it sounds like what happened to the Shermans was they didn't know how to battle what was happening quite as well as the Myers. So I'm thinking about what you just said. If I had a reverse deadbolt, wouldn't you be able to just turn it from the outside of the house? But not if you lock the inside, too, you know. Depends on if they wanted to trap something that got in or keep something that hadn't got in yet. That makes sense. Got it. So, and another thing interesting. Uh, one of the horrible serial killers. One. Yeah. They would. <laughs> Come on, guys. Up your game a little bit on this. Yeah, stuff. like we didn't know. We, we don't know how we to properly playing trap along. a person in a house. <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> One of the another interesting thing about when they purchased this is there was a I, I don't know if it was a written agreement or a verbal agreement with the previous owners that if they were going to dig anywhere on the property they had to let the previous owners know and basically get permission. That's usually a why sign. the the reason behind that this well not I don't even think it's speculation because I'll tell you why later. It was a very oil-enriched area, so any any oil rights still belong to previous owners. So that's really? why they had to have the permission to dig. How can you sell land but not what's underneath it? You can. You can maintain the mineral rights. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. So the Shermans, they seen all kinds of stuff, didn't they? There were uh, tools disappearing. Uh, one of my most one of the most interesting tool escape stories that came out of that was he had had a pair of post hole diggers which if you've ever used a pair of those those suckers are heavy i mean it's you know you're at least 55 60 pounds imagine digging a three by five six foot deep hole yeah you got to have some force behind it a little weight to you know dig the post hole well he apparently lost it and later on found it uh, several hundred yards away, 30 feet up in a tree. Nice. Now, <laughs> while they lived there, the Shermans lived on the property. They experienced stuff like that. They experienced cattle mutilations, crop circles, hearing voices calling from nowhere, inanimate objects such as that just disappearing, and some things moving right before their eyes. They've seen UFOs. they even seen strange birds. Um, here we go and other animals on the property they've seen all kinds of crazy stuff and like we discussed at the very end of the last episode you know they shot that wolf several times and the one thing I want to cover about it is one of their bigger UFO sightings when they said that they seen a UFO the size of two football fields did you read so, about that so do you think the birds were just coming to see you what the UFOs were doing I don't think that this might be like a hub where they go to recharge. 
But like they said, they seen this UFO that was larger than two football fields. That would be terrifying because two football fields is pretty big. I know because whenever I get in trouble playing football, when I used to play it, I have to crawl on my hands and knees across the football field. That's <laughs> that's like the size of a modern uh, aircraft carrier. Yeah, it's huge. And there were there was one there's an instance where they seen their whole property light up like the stadiums of a football arena too. Speaking of veins of a football field and the little night. Well, so. I'm a little bit skeptical of those kind of stories, like where people's like the whole ridge lit up because like I said, in the last episode, there are surrounding properties that literally have stadium lots out in the middle of the desert looking for treasures. Well, I can, I can get behind that too, because do you guys remember when that gas well exploded close to where we live? Yeah. You would have been children, like small. I was like 13 or 14. It lit up the whole county. Like it was almost daytime. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. I was at the strange thing about that was I was at the foot of the hill where it exploded. Didn't even hear it. We was sitting in there smoking weed. And we looked out the window and everything just turned orange. Like it was just orange. Like you could see like daytime, but it was like orange, like a. And we were, we were smoking weed. We was like 12, 13. But my buddy, I ain't going to say his name, but this was the last time he smoked pot. He fell to his knees and started praying. <laughs> I swear to God. He started praying because by the time we seen it was orange, we started seeing fireballs fall down. It was earth falling. And he just fell to his knees and started praying, man. And Did you ever hear it? No, never heard it explode. So me and my other friend, we was like, we got to get away from here. So we took <laughs> off running. He thought the apocalypse happened, and we was like trying to get away from whatever it was. So we took off running, and it was like snow on the ground. And we were barefoot, and we ran from my friend's trailer to my house, which was like a quarter mile away. And then when we got to my house, you could see that huge fire flame shooting out of the mountain. And I still thought it was the apocalypse. I'm not even joking. I was like, man, <laughs> hell has risen. <laughs> And my dad was standing out there drinking a beer, like, oh, look at that. <laughs> what do you reckon that is? And I was like, that's, oh, no, that's, that's probably still. about the reaction that I would have. <laughs> it, dad, last, dad thought it was an airplane crash. Well, there's something. So I don't know what happened last year, but we're sitting here in the living room watching TV, and there was an explosion so loud that it shook stuff off of the the bookshelf and there was never anything in the news about it oh we talked about it, it i had it an experience like that when too. i lived in charlotte really how how far away Do, like 40 35 40 minutes away from each other telly yeah that's probably just a math lab yeah we we both heard that that had to be the biggest math lab in the, in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah those random booms happen, and it's usually like right when I'm on the verge of, of being asleep. So it's that half and half moment. And you think maybe you never it was, know uh, if it's if it's really happening or if it's not really happening. Well, this definitely happened. We were sitting there watching a TV show for this one, and you could feel the whole house shake. The dog started barking. I can tell you what that probably was. That was a sonic boom from a fighter jet. Yeah. I've I've was. experienced that before. We were over on Lake Cumberland, up on uh, a ridge. And, uh, 
a fighter jet literally like hugged the treetops over top of us and the sonic boom from it going by like the trees shook the leaves i mean it was like it was like almost the fall of the year and all these leaves fell i guarantee that was probably a sonic boom that you all heard so you're saying because of this podcast the government sending UAVs over the house. <laughs> yep. <Exactly. laughs> but what will happen to you in Charlotte? Well, I was at home. This is when Kelsey was like, she wasn't even like a, maybe a year old. And they were building these apartment buildings probably a quarter mile, between a quarter and a half mile away. And a propane tank. Like just a nor- not well not a norm like not the ones you get at the you know for your grills but maybe a little bit bigger than that blew up and of course you know this is a quarter to half mile away it was like somebody dropped a bowling ball right in, on the floor right in front of me and her wow and it it blew the top clean off of that uh, those apartments they weren't even finished yet <laughs> and my house I live at now. Uh, when we moved in, we had all these boxes of stuff that we had accumulated over time. And I was home on my day off. I was going through all these boxes and getting rid of stuff that, like, you know, no use. Well, I found this one box that had some, like, canned food in it. And these the cans were starting to rust a little bit. So I was like, no, that's, that's getting thrown away. So I have this burn pile going. So the burn pile is probably 75 yards from the house. I'm on the other side of the house. I set this burn pile on fire at about 8 o'clock in the morning. At about 1 in the day, I hear, (laughs) There was a big full-body mirror in the room with me where I was at, and it just went, I mean, it like vibrated like crazy. It was a big boom. I got up, went outside. You know, this took me about 15 seconds to get out to where I could see it. There was a fuck. We weren't going to say, I got to say it this way. There was a fucking mushroom cloud going up from the, from the burn pile. My uncle lives about 400 yards away. And when I stepped back in the house, my phone was ringing and he says, David Scott, what the hell was that? I figured out what it was. It was a can of corn that had blown up. I found it about 30 feet away from the burn pile out in the yard. That's wild. I mean, it was a mushroom cloud the size of half of a basketball court. (laughs) (laughs) What are they putting in the corn? Don't burn canned food. That's that's (laughs) the moral of that story. One of my friend's parents burnt their trailer down, and they just left a bunch of shells in there. All you could hear was pop, 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 pop. <laughs> I mean, I was I was looking for that stuff in those boxes to make sure I didn't like have like a oddball shotgun shell or something laying in the boxes. But it was a dad blame can of whole kernel corn. Make sure you always pop the can of your corn before you buy yep. it. <laughs> so my so uncle, that's my explosion stories. But that's my uncle. He was uh, it's completely possible for this to happen. Joe, he was a little on the crazy side, and there was a fire going, um, and we noticed like a bunch of already uh, spent shells laying around. The friends, my friends, didn't know, so Joe picks up one of these shells, and he's like, "Let's see how fast y'all can run." 
tosses it in the fire. I've never seen my friends scatter so fast. <laughs> what you're supposed to do is light hands in a circle around it. <laughs> That's called Russian Say- roulette, odd man out. But anyway, those are stories were to tell you how it's possible for a field to light up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or a ridge. Or a ridge. Then things naturally happen sometimes, and sometimes nefarious things happen. Sometimes people just have a good time. So there, that's a couple of things that we know about the happened to the Shermans that I've spoke about. What are some other stuff? What have you got, uh, Mr. Foreman? So after they were driven to the point of insanity with all these happenings uh, in their tell all story with the the desert news they, they talked about a few things happening to them uh, i just have a few of them uh, they they mentioned seeing the orange doorways in the sky almost like a, a portal um the disembodied voices that were driving the the dogs absolutely crazy um, the voices were seemingly like 25 feet above their heads uh, i have a theory about what that is what do you think that was all right, so you know how we've been talking about giant scenario? Yeah. It had to be the ghost of a giant. Full circle. And you Full said circle. that was more logical than what we had? Yes, sir. <laughs> 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 the disembodied voice is 20 feet tall. Well, well hate the dis- player, hate the game. <laughs> Why well, else would a disembodied <laughs> voice be 20 feet tall? Most disembodied voice, voices are between 5 and 6'4". <laughs> Maybe they're just ventriloquist were, ghosts. Depending on what get, convenience store they were leaving. <laughs> if you're going to go with a basic theory, we, we've we all been around gas wells. And whenever those gas wells release, it sounds like something over your head. And if there was a gas leak or a natural gas leak, that would definitely cause hallucinations. Or but I've never heard a gas well speaking English, speaking English, or any language for that matter. Like, well, I would argue <laughs> that if you do any sort of hallucinogen period, that your mind is going to make up whatever it wants to. So you're saying Terry and Gwen were sampling some of the local mushrooms? Well, I'm Possibly. saying they did that live on a cow farm. if you're hearing <laughs> well, things that whiz sense. by your head uh, or voices above your head, you know, gas leaks always an option. Like it doesn't have to be lethal. So you're saying that a gas leak is a pretty solid trip. I wonder if you could sell that. <laughs> well, I think I think it's already a thing, dude. That's what I mean. Think about like. People who abuse nitrous and <laughs> gas and gas leaks are us. I've I've hung out with some pretty shady characters that's done a lot of things, but I've never heard anybody go, "Hey man, we should go have some natural gas." I don't believe it's natural gas either. Just to to be perfectly honest, but I think oh, it's that something. I know what it is. Is oh, a better option than ghosts of giants. That would be an awesome song name. Ghosts of Giants. Write it down. Ghost or a band name. Yeah, the Ghosts of name. Giants. We'll have the we'll have a new song out in a year. 
some more paranormal happenings. Uh, it seems like whenever they left the ranch, there were lights following them. Well, not every time, but they, they did notice lights following them to and from the ranch. And, I mean, it really needs to be driven home that 512 acres, that's a very isolated area. So these people basically live like hermits. Um, the story of the pulse hole diggers, I mean, it's not them just playing practical jokes on each other, unless it is. But uh, there were also... What's up? To get a pulse hole digger that high up in a tree, you would... I'm, you got to be dedicated to the prank. Yeah. <laughs> you. I don't know how you, like, tie a rope around it and hoist it up there. They're pretty heavy. I, I, Simple machines. Mark Henry couldn't chuck it up there. <laughs> don't you ever doubt Mark Henry. <laughs> uh, so in 96, they had... Four cows just mysteriously vanished without a trace. Never found those. But three other cows were horribly mutilated. Um, the Shermans even confirmed with other nearby ranchers that similar uh, instances had taken place at their ranches as well. That's crazy to me. That's just cattle rustlers. Yeah, more than likely somebody riding John Marston and uh, Arthur Morgan. Rustling cattle to sell at the local livestock. <laughs> aiming at all of them just to see what how many stars they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one with the three stars is getting his hide sold at the trapper <laughs> <laughs> to get some new boots. <laughs> <laughs> you have a problem, dude. Oh boy. I'm, boy. I'm with Cecil on this. Red Dead is amazing. But um, the ones that I like to, I got a couple I like to cover too. It's more of the strange occurrences within the house too. This one is this it kind of plays into the stuff getting moved around and whatnot. There was one instance where Miss Sherman came home with some groceries, you know, and she put them all up and everything, and she left the room to do something, probably whip one of her kids for being bad or something. It was the nineties; we all got beat back then. Um, and when she came back into the kitchen, all the groceries had been put back into the bags. And she didn't mention that to her husband for a long time. Cause she thought she was going nuts. Yeah. She thought that she imagined she put everything up and then came back and she hadn't done anything. Um, there were stories that they told where they seen apparition apparitions, like full apparitions at the foot of their bed. <laughs> That is such a hard word for him to say. He got it the second <laughs> try. He did. Yeah. So, go ahead and hit that like because I finally got it. <laughs> Tuberculosis, yes. here we come. Milestone. We need, we need to have we need to have like party streamers that we can let off. <laughs> but they would see these ghostesses, as Tolis likes to say. <laughs> There were many ghosts <laughs> <laughs> at the further bed. Uh, they, of course, this is the strangest one to me, and this is the one that I'm always terrified of as a human being: seeing the disembodied faces in the windows. They would look out a window and just see a face on the other side of the window. That hmm. is terrifying. See, and every I time. At that at that point, I would turn into a lead farmer rather than a cow farmer. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you if it was noticeably potentially somebody, but if all you could see was a 
What? Did somebody face? It, it don't matter, dude. I'm guns blazing at that point. I'll be blazing something, man. It wouldn't be guns. <laughs> Tully's going out hot. I've, I've got to say this, or I, I'm gonna blow, I'm gonna blow up. Yeah. And there's one story in particular because it wasn't just on the ranch that everything happened. There was one instance where they found a hairbrush in the freezer, but they knew for a fact they left it in the bathroom on the counter. So stuff like this happened to them all the time. So that's kind of crazy. What do you have about them in the house? Well, in the house, it was you, you kind of covered everything that I knew about it. it was just the seeing the shadow people, um, things being put certain places and thinking and then they're all of a sudden they're back where they were originally things like that you you kind of yeah. hamstring me on everything i knew about that. <laughs> and the thing about it is like the so-called birds that they were seeing were not your typical <laughs> birds that would be located in this area like they were the birds that should be monitoring like tropical islands because they were like these tropical colorful birds see i can i can debunk that how I have seen seagulls on Kentucky lakes. Me too. Yeah. When's the last time you seen a parrot? There's so many pet stores, though. Could you really... Is it so crazy? <laughs> Isn't it crazy that they'd release 200 parrots at the same time in this area? <laughs> I don't know. Is a tall, giant ghost crazy? <laughs> We'll take your we'll take your word for it, but we all know that birds aren't real. <laughs> but they, there was a point, you know, and this is a there's always a situation that's going to happen that's just going to be like the final straw, like I'm done with this crap. And it came one night for the Shermans when their dogs began chasing out of the blue one of the straight one of the many orbs that always appeared. An area. So Terry, being the wild man he is, encouraged the dog to chase it. And then the dog just quickly disappeared into the darkness, not to be seen no more. But they could hear the yelping of this animal. And the next morning, because apparently he didn't care enough for this dog to go chase it down and see, make sure he's all right. <laughs> or maybe he's too scared. But the next morning, they went and they found scorched earth and in the middle of the scorch, scorched earth was a gooey liquefied flesh substance the thing that killed the dog kind of like when you kill a daedra in oblivion exactly yeah so that was the last straw that was like we gotta get out of here and that's what led to the acquisition by who i like to refer to as robert bam bam bigelow 1996 uh, 1996 and Robert Bigelow was a, um, you know, he actually owns, uh, what is it, Days, Inns, and Suites or something? Ends, the budget Inns. Yeah, budget Inns. And he was also uh, in heavily into the uh, aeronautics field and space space aeronautics. Yeah. So Bam Bam Bigelow um, bought this land at the whopping price of $200,000, as we discussed earlier. So as mentioned, uh, he he made a lot of his wealth through the real estate adventures, like dating back to the 80s. He owns the hotel chain Budget Suites of America. Um, along with the business, by the way, 
I've seen it, many of them. Um, I don't think there are any in this area. They seem to be more out in California and Texas and places. I've seen it some budget areas. It's they budget suites budget. of America. Oh, budget in. I was going to say one time I had budget in, I walked outside and the cops were everywhere. And this woman had got mad at her husband and ran him over in the parking lot. <laughs> huh. Well, on top of being stupid rich, uh, Bam Bam, he's an avid researcher of anomalies, just all things paranormal. Um, he, he did found Bigelow Aerospace, and it's, it's like a private industry. Um, it's in the fields of contracting, researching, and developing um, habitable space structures, and to the point where his company's modules are still in use by the International Space Station today. So this is a very legit guy. He's been hired. He was hired uh, years ago by the Department of Defense to specifically monitor and track UFO activity. So something else is really weird. Him and Tom DeLonghi. <clears throat> so one year ago, he let go of all Bigelow Aerospace members of staff, mm-hmm. and then started <laughs> another company to research investigations into the afterlife. Yeah. I saw that. He he blamed the the let go on the the current situation. Nice. He's, what was the thing that he started as well when he bought the the advanced aviation identification program? He he started um, quite a few things. He did the the National oh, wait, Institute for Discovery started, Science. Okay, okay. NIDS. Yeah, NIDS. Um, but once he once he bought the ranch, he set up. I'll say this word just for Cecil's entertainment. He erected an observation building, um, <laughs> moved in some science, some scientists, some veterinarians, uh, 24-7 surveillance on the property, um, and hired a, a lot of other people, a lot of other workers. Just and to, NIDS stands for National Institute of Discovery Science. Yeah. Yes. The one I mentioned is the one that later helped fund him. So here, here's a question. And this is just something I'm thinking about. So if if this place is so fringe and a place where everybody knows all this crazy stuff's happening and his main goal is to harness like knowledge from these places, why would he ever give it up? We'll get it, over it's, to that. it's a question worth asking. It really is. Because there's nothing like that I found anyway that's just like Bigelow got fed up and decided that he wanted to see what happened after people die. Well, the thing is, um, he seems like the type of person that won't stop until he finds what he wanted. So more than likely, he probably found what he wanted. And now he's like, now I want to know what happens now on this. I don't think a lot of, as far as knowledge obtained... Uh, to my knowledge, nothing was released on that. There have been some some happenings that occurred on the ranch after his acquisition of it. That my theory been on why he got rid of it was it's, it was 100% business driven. Um, he had done enough research. There had been enough information leaked out to where it drove the price up 
Well, and he sold it because he well, was here's, getting a good return off his investment. The the devil's advocate to that is this man has been quoted in many years past about why would you want to give up something that you worked so hard to attain? Like he's very hold on to his assets type guy. Until right before the 2008 market crash and he sold most of his real estate. Right. But I'm saying to, to Cecil's <laughs> point earlier, he, he doesn't seem like the guy to give up something until he gets what he wants out of it. Yeah. But during, during the time that Bigelow owned it, you know, there were a lot of strange things that happened during that time too. What were some of the things that happened whenever Bigelow owned it? Uh, well, one, one thing, one thing I want to point out, you know, for the viewers to know is that all these scientists that he hired, they had their own areas of expertise oh, yeah. and these were legit, you know, doctors of certain areas, you know, uh, botany, biology, astrophysics—you know, all kinds of different areas of study. Not a bunch of kooks. These were right. well-trained. One guy was a ex-special forces airborne guy that served in the military, um, and they were doing testing in the areas that, you know, like bi- was it biological reasons? Was it, you know? What, what, how can they explain it? And they were doing it by a very scientific method point of frame. Yeah. So Jeremy continue with what you were saying. Oh, well, I originally had this for the Sherman, uh, portion, but I realized that the dates were off. This occurred March 10th, 1997, less than an hour after eating, um, supposedly an 84 pound calf. Not sure why the weight's important here. But that calf was found dead in broad daylight in like the middle of a pasture. Uh, the peculiar thing about that is all of its blood had been drained to the point where no stains were left in the field and not a drop of blood was left in its body. And its ear was removed and it was removed with surgical precision. I saw the pictures of some of the, you know, what they took in some of the documentaries this was not something where something had just ripped it off. This was done with a very sophisticated, very precise blade. Mm. Well, didn't they say it had to either be like a scalpel or a ra- or even a laser, maybe? Yes, it was clean. But, I mean, that that's just one oddity. But the biggest oddity is that there's no blood anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there was another thing to do with cows that happened while the big, Bob Bigelow owned it. They they kept I don't know how they did this but they had like enclosures and they had the monitors like the monitoring posts like what are they called whenever they're up high lookout posts lookout posts and they always had a fenced in area where they kept livestock and they, because he still kept livestock I don't know why there was a specific reason for it um and one of the times there were four bulls that got rammed into this little metal building. And they said it would have been hard to even get one cow into it, but they somehow got four bulls into this thing. And from (laughs) see, this one is the this is the one part that's really got me because I grew up on a cattle farm. Yeah. The the little trailer that they put them in was about the size. It was not even hardly the size of what you see one of those gooseneck cattle trailers. Guys, I've been about the size of this room. Actually. Yeah, it was very small, and there's it's an enclosed building. Yeah. No windows, no bar. You know, it's totally enclosed. 
And I'm sorry, but it would be hard enough to get four baby calves and corral them. And this happened apparently in a time frame of what, 30 minutes? Yeah, 30 minutes. So there was somebody there at the corral. The bulls were in there and they left 30 minutes to come back. They're gone and they're in this trailer, this enclosed trailer. It'd be hard enough to get five baby calves into that. You'd be lucky to get people were hired for their expertise. You'd be lucky to get one bull in that trailer in 30 minutes. Well, something that people don't really know about bulls, which I'm not a bull expert, but I've always heard it's hard for bulls to step on steps. Is that right? Well, yeah, it's hard for cattle, period, to step on steps. So this thing is elevated about 11 inches off the ground. No ramp. No ramp at all. So you got to just take one giant step up into this doorway. Another thing is when they finally open the door, cobwebs pulled out like the door hadn't been open in a long time. Hmm. And if you know anything, I mean, bulls don't play well together. That's, you know, it was kind of amazing to me that they had them all in the same corral, let alone got them inside this tiny little building where they were probably butt to face with one another. Yeah. The way we sleep when we have sleepovers. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever whenever I get to my theory about all of this, I think it's not going to make sense that Bigelow sold it. Yeah. And, you know, there was, there was more things that happened, too. Like, they started noticing, like, these huge scoops just taken out of the ground. Like, perfect scoops. Like, somebody came down and scooped it with a tobacco or something just left but there's no tracks to it that, that's strange and then of course always seeing the lights they have ufos on video they see reed's grinning he has something that plays into my theory too yeah. <laughs> and do you have any more about the time that bigelow owned it no, i mean all I mean, there's a lot of repetitive things they're always seeing orbs yeah um uh constantly odd things happening with with the cattle you know cattle like disappearing for a while and showing back up um the mutilations wasn't he confirmed as a a government asset who bigelow bigelow yeah oh yeah because in 2006 the government funded him that was what i was talking about what was it like 22 million they funded 22 million and robert bigelow received much of that money through the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. I just uh, have a hard time believing, like, I mean, all this weird stuff's happening. Even if he figured out what was going on, why would they let anybody else in there to to see or to, like, have access to that? I don't know, but are you familiar with Element 115? I don't have any at the house, but what is it? Element 115 is apparently what Bob Lazar, if you believe Bob Lazar, um, acquired from when he was working on uh, this world craft. Apparently, Element 115 is what's used to power UFOs to defy the gravity or whatever to travel at light speed, right? Guess what they have found at Skinwalker Ranch? They have found rods of Element 115. Well, that kind of plays into my theory a little bit, but we'll get to that 
So this element that wasn't even synthesized until 2003 by the Russians and America, whatever, um, they they found it on the trench supposedly in rocks, <laughs> basically. Uh, what? I don't know. Oh, he's, he's America or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, but anyway. But they found them in rods. Now the synthesized version of this, the the half life on it's like point sixty five seconds. So they found solid rods of it at Skinwalker Ranch apparently with a longer half life. And did you hear about the large black faceless humanoid that happened there in Big Love's Watch? Like it just wandered on the property? What happened was one night the NIDS team or whatever was observing the ranch from a, from top of a bluff. You know, they was look, overlooking the ranch like they did on their patrols. And they noticed a faint yellow light appear around 150, away, 150 feet away from where they were at. So one of the researchers grabbed a pair of binoculars because they were tripping out. They was like, oh, we caught something else. Another day in the life of Skinwalker Ranch. And while they was looking at this thing, you know, stunned, completely shocked, the yellow light grew larger and larger and transformed into a tunnel, basically. And this guy's like, man, there is something in that. So as they watched, there was a large black faceless humanoid just kind of stagger out of this tunnel and just gradually walked away. And after it walked away, the yellow light just faded away until it was completely gone. Kind of like the portals that the uh, Shermans described. Yeah, exactly. Except like this time, a humanoid came through. Yeah, they actually were, they actually had the binoculars and equipment to see something lumber out of it. So that's kind of strange. Do you think this is where Bigfoot comes from? Could be. And uh, did you walk, Did you check out the guy that bought the land adjacent to Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah. I did not. Tully, is that what you were talking about? Yep. He snuck on the Skinwalker Ranch and said that he was chased by an orb. And this all happened when Bigelow on the property. He was chased by an orb all the way across the ridge until he couldn't run anymore. Then the orb lit up and like kind of like did a scan on him or something, then just flew away. He said the orb was a metallic orb. Like it was all is lit up, but it was metallic at the same time. So I'm when Bigelow to... owned it, a lot of crazy stuff happened. There's no doubt about it. So one of the things that I thought, and I thought you were talking about this a minute ago, but one of the things that Bigelow's team witnessed was called the Senient Mist. And it was essentially a plume of smoke and electricity that was sentient and intelligent and responsive that they saw and it could take uh several shapes completely black in color and it it was basically like if if smoke was in the the shape of a being like a bipedal being and like that i mean it's just it's all over the place and what the theory is but mortal kombat yeah, apparently it would just uh, <laughs> it would it would go from humanoid to like all of a sudden having like 
Cthulhu style tentacles. I did see a news thing from the area. It was on the news of the, and it was a pretty popular picture going around in like back then. But it was the what they think to be a skinwalker. And it looked creepy, man. Like, it looked like a person crab walking, but their head was, like, facing that way. That was from a movie. That was debunked. Really? Yes. Oh. That guy That guy popped that on YouTube, uh, got a bunch of hits on it, and they discovered later on that it was from some movie. And I can't remember what movie it was. I forgot, I forgot a big part of this, because since we've already moved on from the Shermans, uh, I do want to go back to it and talk about it. Um, the brother of Kenneth Myers, he, he was interviewed by Frank Salisbury Stake in 2009. And his quote was, and I can tell you unequivocally, that up to 1992, there had never been and there never were any signs of that UFO and similar activity. So this dude's name is Garth, the brother of Kenneth. He claimed that the UFO Party stories on. only started when the Shermans brought or bought the property. Um, it was brought up to him by Salisbury that due to Garth's deep-rooted skepticism, if the Shermans just um i'm sorry not the shermans but the myers if they just decided to not mention any of the happenings um he said that's that would never be the case i mean he was very close with both of them um and the dead bolts and locks that was mentioned in that same interview as well he said no it was a one key entry into the house there the only locks apart from the door was on the cupboards so i just i found that interesting that that was mentioned in an interview with kenneth meyer's brother so he was like why was there locks on the cupboards that's strange but he he talked about a lot of what was mentioned by you all not being the case and the whole guard dog situation he said the only dog that edith had was a old three-legged dog that could barely get around well He's a government agent. <laughs> they paid him money to be quiet about it and shut it down. I was waiting for it. Well, the, the well, if that if it isn't true, because I mean we're pretty much at the end of the big love. There's all they have all kinds of stuff that happened. Right, but I'm saying the Sher- the activity on the ranch itself didn't really come into play until the Shermans, because yeah. we didn't really cover anything about the Myers specifically, and they spanned 60 years at that ranch. Yeah. But in 2016, Bigelow sold the ranch for $4.5 million. Nice little hefty turnover there, but he probably put in that much more than that much during the whole time. Guarantee. But he also did get that grant. What's the next guy's name? Brandon. Brandon Fugel. Yes. So under watched, the shell company of Admantium Holdings. Admantium Origins. Yeah, like Wolverine. Well, it's confirmed that that NASA's funding a part of that yeah. research that's happening today. So isn't that strange that a fake corporation like NASA would 
<laughs> would pour some of their also greedily earned money into this area. Well, it was it was weird because this happened in 2016, the new ownership, but he didn't publicize uh, his his own self until four years later in 2020. So this is kind of new information about the head of it, and he is, and I mean this with the utmost respect, like a super nerd. Yeah. He's into everything. And he said that he didn't really fully believe it when he bought it until he seen a 40 to 50 foot UFO in the sky move at light speed and then just randomly disappear. Well, so he saw something move at light speed. Is that what you're telling me? That's yeah. an impossibility. Well, he didn't see it move, but he's seen it go from here to Pion, then then Pion, then the Pion, then then I'm watching your finger do that now. <laughs> but it, he didn't see the. It was transition. moving fast. He didn't see the transition from here to here, like you did with <laughs> my finger. Like it is like finger here, finger here. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, bing, bing. yeah, exactly. Expect faster. Well, just uh, you. You might have come across it, Cecil. It's not even really related to this, but his his super nerdism. He's a big um, movie memorabilia collector. He even owns like something of Arnold Schwarzenegger's from a movie, like some prop or something like that. I thought it was a cool little thing. God, I hope he owns the minigun from Predator. <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> that would be the old. Oh, that'd be cool. And he's got enough money to where he probably owns Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> 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 he's probably got well, Arnold just sitting in there. <laughs> I will say that there is a brand new History Channel. TV show that he created, and I would have watched that, but I'm I'm poor. I can't afford the History Channel. <laughs> well, this is this is the first time that a media company's been invited in like that, and they're seeing stuff too. Like they had, I want I got to watch a clip. Um, and in this clip, in their day of searching, they caught a UFO right on camera, a little tic tac, just hovering up there. Chilling out. Um, there's numerous things that's going on around the area too. All right, so that's basically, you know, things that we found about Skinwalker Ranch, and Tully has a few things that he wants to go over too. So there's some things I'm going to cover. There, I'm just going to touch on these because there's a ton of uh, crazy activity. Um, random spotlights, and when people drive up. To investigate, nothing's there. That's just hot news. Next one. Flash drones. A pulsating spherical ball of lot that can be any number of colors and basically flies around like a drone. I had a different take on Clubhouse party. Drone. It's just like a new take on a streaker, but it's a <laughs> drone in a trench coat. <laughs> so this next one I, I meant to reference this look at my circuits <laughs> so there's a an account of someone and I, I don't remember where I read this but there was an account of someone back when um, you know it was before automobiles when they were just discovering the land and stuff their original accounts of people on the land hearing these crazy noises that they couldn't identify. And what I think they were 
was the invisible chopper that people hear. Oh, so yeah. there's all kinds of accounts of this, but people hear basically a helicopter overhead. We well, didn't even cover that when we was talking about Bigelow either. Like they can hear like machinery underground too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's that a mini stealth plane that people see. The I'll tell you what it is here in a little bit. <laughs> the bulletproof wolf. Ooh. Um, folks see people from different time periods in period appropriate clothing. Really? That one's interesting. Is there more to that? So it says folks see an ancient looking native American man dressed in a primitive attire. He and his tribe once lived on the skinwalker Ridge. Allegedly where the, where their bodies are rumored to be buried. He is said to have lost his family and entire tribe to sky beasts. And apparently, apparently all of this comes from people who have communicated with this person. Wow. Um, he wears the skins of animals and resides within them as he travels about the ranch. Apparently Mm. is what he says. Skinwalker. Hmm. And typical conversation is one minute up to two hours with this person. Um, there's another traveler who looks very similar, except he basically has the wolf on his head like a skinwalker. Huh. And he is uh, a, basically the Darth Vader of that guy that I was just talking about. Like he's very uh, sinister. He's a Sith Lord. Yep. My dad. (laughs) Folks see the disembodied body and voice of a little girl. Uh, Firefly sprites. So just lights that move in a weird manner in the sky. Are they saying there's fairies at Skinwalker Ranch? Maybe. (laughs) Those aren't fairies. A sprite is a fairy. This next one, <laughs> so the lore Not goes like that, kind of like how Spartans got got rid of uh, children who, you know, weren't viable. Mm-hmm. A- apparently, this tribe used to do the same thing, and they used to drown children in a specific body of water. And folks see babies under the surface of the water, and when they go to reach for them it drags them under and there have been there have been drownings um that you can research like there's confirmed drownings around skinwalker ranch is this helping or hurting your case reed it'll listen when i pop off with my theory i will take any questions okay we've we've talked about the mist the sentient smoke we've talked about portals um the only other big one is the Cthulhu slug. There are eyewitness accounts of a worm that's eight feet long and five feet in diameter. Oh, and that sounds like the set in the tremors. Yeah, it's pretty close. But here's what's crazy is 
underneath all of these properties, there's also a system of capes. And within the last year-ish, they finally broke into one of these caves. And one of the things that they found was uh, a certain type of worm that these caves are home to. And different species of animals that would only be in like isolation like that. Hmm. So this worm that's like eight feet long and five feet in diameter is either a cryptid or it's a new porn star. Or both. Or both. <laughs> oh no, it's something else. <laughs> All right. So before before we get into the theories, I I wouldn't be the resident skeptic if I didn't try to apply some logic to this. But the asterisk with that is I I can't. I, I looked up some specific information about one of the scientists involved on on the TV show. The um, the plug for that, I guess, the secret of Skimwalker Ranch on History Channel. So there's this astrophysicist, and I think he's the best suited candidate for this role. His name is Dr. Travis Taylor. Uh, many degrees, and I want to cover some of those. He has a Ph.D. and a dual degree in electrical engineering and physics. So that's basically quantum physics, uh, Ph.D. in aerospace engineering, several master's degrees in astronomy and physics. Um, this man has published nearly two dozen journal articles and peer reviewed physics, optics wow. and military defense type journals. So he wrote a he wrote a textbook on how to defend the planet if it were to be invaded by aliens. So this is the man that you want researching this crazy ranch. Um, during the filming of the show, from June to October, he he lived on the ranch during the week. He lived in a, in a camper trailer on the ranch uh, just to be able to study more easily. Was it one of those metal airstreams? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so during during that entire time, he said he has never experienced more terrifying nightmares um, to the points of waking up screaming at times. Um, when he was asked if he was scared during his stay, he was quoted as saying, scared of what is probably the right way to say that because I never knew what I was scared of. Um Dr. Taylor does believe that the Uintah Basin itself, it, that it's a result of meteor impact. And that's just due to the high concentration of gilsonite that's normally only found in meteors. It's gilsonite. Apparently, it's some type of asphalt with a high melting point. So even he is coming up kind of blank. He doesn't believe it's any sort of military operations or covert operations because of all the, the checks and controls in place by the Congress, by Senate, all of that, he really doesn't have any answers. So my skepticism is coming up short on this one. One thing that I do want to uh, plug is we're going to, we're going to have to do a follow-up episode on the blonde frog ranch, which is parallel to this. The blonde frog <laughs> I can't even say it. Blind Frog Ranch. The Blind Frog Ranch. Frog's eyes. <laughs> so I mentioned earlier that 
that there are treasure hunters disturbing the land. It's it's on this ranch that they're doing that. And the reason it's called Blonde Frog Ranch is they bored a tunnel to attempt to get into these caves where they think the gold is. And once they broke it, water started spewing out and thousands of albino frogs that were blonde came pouring out. Wow. And they're turning the freaking frogs blind. (laughs) (laughs) They have found, um, they've already, they've already actually found Spanish gold. They, they haven't found the mother load yet from the legends. Well, yeah, because of the, the inquisition, um, they're saying that that's how it traveled from the Aztecs to that area. But I think we should do do an episode and dive into that because it's a whole different set of uh, anomalous occurrences. And the first one I want to go over is a quick one. This one's the crazy side of me talking. And it's just about the cow mutilations. And I've had this theory about cow mutilations for a long time since I've heard about cow mutilations. Since these are done with surgical precision, and usually it's like maybe an eyeball missing, an ear missing, a heart missing, some guts missing. What if the alien's anatomy is that of a cow and they're harvesting organs for like transplant? No. But but what I think is that this area is like a mineral deposit. Like there's all kinds of minerals, like because of the Geiger counters and stuff get set off there. And like there's oil rich, there's natural gas, but usually with oil comes natural gas. But I think there's a big deposit of uranium there because one of the guys that works for this new guy had a bump come up under his scalp. And it got so big that separated his scalp from his skull. Okay, so that kind of plays into my theory a little bit. And I'm thinking I, that with all the uranium, gas, oil, and I think there's a lot of electric lines that go over it too. Like maybe this combination is causing hallucinations. I can't believe that... You haven't mentioned anything that I'm about to talk about. I can't believe anything that I'm about to talk about hasn't been mentioned already. So, what I think happened. So, they've already bored out iridium from those mountains. And if you don't know what iridium is... It's used to make electronic devices like microchips, super rare, super conductive, and very disruptive to electronics if if they're in um, top pockets, which is also very, very rare. Most iridium deposits uh, are found in space and not on Earth. <laughs> So that's why he didn't mention it in the 1950s. They determined that that part of Utah was downwind stream from the test facilities of atom bomb testing. Whenever they were getting it ready 
well, I guess it would have been the 40s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Um, when they were trying to crack the firmament. And there, there, it was confirmed that like radioactive debris could have definitely been deposited into that part of Utah. And if you talk about, you know, the kind of landscape that is, that sort of stuff is going to be buried over decades. So as people dig, so first of all, the disruption to all the electronics, like the drones, the planes, everything like that, I think is coming from the iridium. And everything else, I'm attributing to the, I mean, maybe at this point it's not too bad. But some form of radiation poisoning, because if you radiate your, if you radiate your thyroid, it causes hallucinations. That's pretty much what I think is it something to do with radiation. And, I have no theory, so oh, um, and I can't wait to the, hear reads. The Bigelow thing. So iridium is more valuable than gold. Iridium right. is is three thousand dollars an ounce and it like, they're starting that's crack prices like snort me an ounce of that <laughs> and in this area so whenever you you look for monable deposits of things like coal or anything like that you look for i believe it's if i'm remembering right it was like a, a 10 parts of a million for it to be a monable operation and when they when they did this it was like something crazy like 800 parts to a million of iridium which is like completely unheard of especially in the united states most of iridium comes comes from uh different parts of the world it's a buttload of uranium but if you're talking (laughs) about somebody who wants to make money like there, there's money to be made even if you don't believe in the gold. Huh. And there's a, a an acclaimed geologist, which I'm assuming will probably come up again if we talk about the treasure hunt, who's also just as qualified as as who Foreman was talking about. Huh. And there's some very strange things, even stranger than Skimwalker, going on on that uh, sister ranch. Well, we need to cover that sometime. And so, I see Reed over here. He's shaking his chair like a little boy that needs to pee at school. (laughs) 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 And so, we're going to go ahead and kick you over to a new segment that we like to call Uncle Dave's Crazy Conspiracy Theories. So, Mr. Dave. All right, boys and girls. Are you ready for this? So, hang on. We need a spotlight for this. Are you ready for this? So, the whole thing behind Skinwalker Ranch is that is a alien portal refueling station. This is where alien spaceships get their fuel, and the fuel that they use are dark matter from the spiritual world. And when they come to refuel, refuel. They're spaceships. Sometimes they spill this dark matter spiritual energy and it escapes 
into the surrounding area. That's why you see all the portals. That's how they enter. Why you see all the little circles, scoops out of dirt. That's where they park their spaceships to refuel. You know what the worms are? What? That's the connecting hoses that come up from underneath the ground. That's why you're seeing all the mechanical sounds that they're hearing. is because the fuel station is under the earth, bringing up that spiritual dark matter that the aliens use for their fuel. Wow. I love that. Uh, so, do you, do you ask think me any question to try and refute that. Uh, do you think they're interdimensional or from space? Well, it's, the aliens are from space, but the fuel they use is interdimensional. That's a fueling station. But and sometimes test. they spill a little bit of that fuel, and that's your that's your uh, oddball dark figure people. That's your okay. your orbs. That's your uh, cow mutilation. The cow mutilations. Aliens just love beef. <laughs> that, that was going to be my next question. They take them up in the spaceship. They get what they want. They do all the. That's where the blood's at. It's in the spaceship. And they drain it out and they drop it back down on the pasture. Wow. Hmm. So one thing that. Do you think time travel comes into play at all? That we haven't talked about. <laughs> well, yeah. There's the dude that people keep seeing in period clothing, like repetitively. He's That's the because the aliens, the guy, he's the attendant, okay? <laughs> he knows the times of the, you know, humanoids around him, so he dresses appropriately. One As times change, I, he changes what he wears. It's always casual Friday for him. Yeah. Well, I guess and he gets theory, bored, so that's why he has conversations with people. <laughs> <laughs> your theory would cover this, Dave, but we—I don't think we talked about like the the most recent slayings of animals. They've started taking Geiger counters with them, and only around the spots of where these animals are, the Geiger counter ratings are off the charts. That's because like, whatever they use in the spaceship. Yeah. Them is I mean, they use these, these radioactive materials in the spaceships because aliens aren't affected by radiation. <laughs> they get a little bit on the cattle that they mutilate. I believe it. They're sloppy eaters. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I will say some of the, you know, some of those radioactive materials are what, uh, you know, help them with using their high-tech instruments, you know. That's the fuel for their their uh, space scalpels. That I, I love this theory. Everything about it. There too. I mean, I this theory see. covers every possibility. The pumps, everything. Uh, every, or not every possibility, but everything that has happened. Most recently... Explain the locks. <laughs> most recently, they've been finding deer and... The deer's heads are cleanly severed. They're gutted and just left in the field, and there's no no blood. Uh, deer's well, deer the is taken? delicious to aliens as well. Uh, deer's are the heads taken? Version of beef. Yeah, the heads are gone. Okay, so they're mounting them. <laughs> so they literally are. <laughs> they are literally coming down here for a more tasty version of beef, which is venison. So, and then taking trophies. <laughs> I mean, you got, you know, old Beeblebrock, Colospatod, decides, you know what? I don't want beef chili this time around when we go by Earth. Let's have some venison chili. So Beeblebrock, that's what he does. Yeah, venison. Achoo. 
they might have, they might have accidentally discovered how delicious deer was by thinking like they accidentally snatched a deer instead of a cow too, and then it's like, oh, we already got on the ship. Let's try it out. You know, like when they bring you the wrong food, whenever you get the wrong order at McDonald's with something you never had before, and then you eat it, and you're like, this ain't too bad. Yeah. So Listen, it cover it covers everything. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, that's that's what I believe now. I believe that. An alien ate McDonald's, bragged to, his, <laughs> bragged to his buddies, and they're like, well, we're going straight to the source. They dropped a deer fry in their cow nuggets, and they liked it. It's kind of like awesome sauce. They, you know, they decided to mix ketchup and mayonnaise and call it awesome sauce. Uh, so they said, hey, let's mix a little deer meat with our cow meat. Boom. Sense. Tasty burger. That needs animated somehow. We need to hire someone to animate that as a little short. <laughs> I told you I had a had a theory. Wow, that sounds right. That to is me. definitely a theory. That sounds right to me. I believe it. Anyway, <laughs> I win. You win. That's been our take on Skinwalker Ranch. Um, and you know. If you have anything you want to add to it, or if you're more of an expert on it than we are, and you ever want to come on, reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to cover it again sometime down the road. If you want to talk about anything, reach out to us, because we're still taking guests. Uh, you can reach out to us through bipolar underscore TB at Twitter. You can uh, email us at bipolar underscore teddy bear at outlook.com. Uh... You know, uh, if you're watching YouTube, we are on audio only, so you can listen to us going to work and try not to fall asleep. You know, this, I don't think it's fall asleep material. <laughs> I don't think it's fall asleep. My name is Cecil today, as always. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're listening on audio only, make sure you go check out YouTube, hit subscribe. Um, and if you guys have any subjects you want us to cover specifically, tell us about it. We'll try to do it. And thank you so much for watching us because we're watching you.